Welcome to Chillin' with Ice with me, Lori Fetrick, or most of you know me as Ice from the American Gladiators. Thank you for joining me on this podcast where we're gonna dive in and go behind the scenes on the number one hit iconic show of the 90s. It's time to get up close and personal on what drove us to be gladiators, what challenges we faced, and how we overcame to reach all of our goals. I know in this first season, inquiring minds wanna know, was there drama, fights, hookups? Are we all still friends? What did we do in our personal lives and how are we staying in such good shape years later? Well, stay right here and let's get into Chillin' with Ice. Before we dive into our incredible episode today, I wanna let you know that this is a self-funded podcast and I would love your support. For the cost of a cup of coffee a month, you can donate to my Patreon page and that would make all the difference in the world. For the small donation, you will get back so much in rewards, like you can watch all of my podcasts on video. I will have exclusive content like behind the scenes footage, a private Facebook group where you can interact with me directly and other VIP fans, a monthly Q&A, direct shout outs and follows from me to you on your social media and so much more. Find me on Patreon at Chillin' With Ice or click the link in the show notes now. Okay, let's dive in. My next guest graduated from Montana State University. He was a linebacker. He got drafted to the NFL. He played for the Chiefs. He played for the Rams. He was the only gladiator that actually was in all eight seasons. There's so much more about this gentleman, but let's just get him in here and talk about him. His name is Jim Starr, and you know him as Laser on the American Gladiators. Hey, hey, hey. hey How hey. you doing, Lori? How you awesome. doing, Ice, Ice Baby? What's How up? All right, so doing? at least I got the Montana State University down. There you go. Yeah, you don't <laughs> want to confuse that with University of Montana, the Grizz, even though they're they're a great uh, university. It's just they're the other side, right? So okay, anyhow. so you did get drafted into the NFL. Tell me about that for a second. Well, I, I didn't get. Here's the thing: I didn't get drafted. I did get drafted uh, from the USFL, which is the United States Football League. They were the uh, first year that they came out was the year that. I was a senior. Mm -hmm. I was drafted by San Antonio Gunslingers. Uh, opted not to go to the USFL because I did think I, my agent, and I thought we were, I was going to get drafted uh, in the NFL in the late rounds. But I had a terrible senior year. I had, uh, I had missed four games with a serious ankle injury, and our team only went one in ten. So obviously, coming from a smaller school not doing well, having an injury really hurt my chances of getting uh, drafted. But I did go on to the Chiefs um, and uh, got cut with them on the fourth preseason game uh, because of an ankle injury. Um, and then I went up to Canada with uh, the Canadian Football League with Toronto Argonauts and I played up there. And then I ended my career with the Rams uh, with a serious injury that ended my football career and that was mm. the end of my career so yeah and what year was that do you remember the rams was 87 um so, and, so they were uh, in los angeles then they were in los angeles yeah and that's where i met dan clark nitro we were both playing with the rams and you know it's unfortunate you know as an athlete you, that's all you knew and that's all i knew as an athlete how to train what to do each and every day and when that dream's taken away from you uh the world really sets in in a, in a very dark, dismal place. And it was uh, tough times for me for about two, three years there, uh, knowing your career ended 
Uh, and they say, you know, play every down like it's your last down because you never know. And I never thought like that. And it, it was taken away from me uh, quickly. Uh, and it was a very serious injury. It took me three years to heal up from that. And uh, right when I did heal up, fortunately, I was in the right place at the right time and landed the gig on Gladiators. Wow, you just went from what do they call the the frying jumped into the frying pan. I mean, as far as injuries are concerned. Right. Okay, so now yeah. the last time I spoke with you, you were going for an MRI on your shoulder. Yeah. And do we have the results from that yet? Yeah, I just got yeah, gee whiz. <laughs> so you know my history with uh, I've been plagued with many injuries. I've I've had I, I lost count. I've had at least 12 shoulder operations, and now I just I have a, I just got the MRI results. I have a full thickness tear on my left shoulder. And uh, so I just found out last week and I scheduled and I did this for the first time. I did a PRP injection. Mm -hmm. uh, it seems to help tremendously. Uh, and I really delved in my whole background for the 25 years. I've been in product development for nutritional and dietary supplements for the health club market. I was the VP of product development for 24 hour fitness lifetime. I was the director of product development for them. So my background, and I really take interest in nutrition and, and supplementation. And, and I, I've always heard of peptides, um, but I've really have dived in the last couple of weeks and read everything I could and get my hands on everything. And there's a gentleman by the name of Jay Campbell uh, that is just such a prolific uh, guru when it comes to peptides. And so I, I've actually started some peptides for my shoulder injury. I, I'm doing something called BBC 157 and TB 500. And I'm telling you, Lori, uh, with everything they're saying they do in these partic two particular peptides, mm -hmm. I mean, it heals uh, torn uh torn tendons and, and, uh, ligaments and muscle and bone. And, and I got to tell you, I've been, I've done, I'm on four days now and it's almost like a miracle. Oh my gosh. I mean, when you got a full thickness tear of your rotator cuff, mine's the subscapularis, uh, one of the major muscle in the, uh, shoulder. I, I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> I mean, it's almost like a miracle. I'm like, so thank you. And, when you're doing your you peptides, know, are you injecting them directly into your shoulder? This one I am. Right. I'm just using an insulin syringe. And, right. You know, and, and if you know anything about peptides, they're just branched chain amino acids. And so endogenously inside our body, we make all of these different type of uh, branch chains. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, it, it's truly a game changer. And uh, I actually man, do take man, peptides. I'm a believer. I do. What's, I take them. I take a peptide for your skin and it's yeah. supposed to actually help build the collagen from within, Correct. not just the topical kind of stuff. So yeah. I've been doing that peptide now probably for the last month and a half. The only thing is, I mean, just kind of educating our audience a little bit is, I mean, it is just a little tiny insulin syringe and, and peptides, yeah. you can use them for everything and anything. I mean, depending on what the situation is. I know that I'm going to probably start another peptide that actually uh, activates your own growth hormone and stimulates Correct. that to kind of get that moving. Because 
our growth hormone, as you know, and I don't know about anybody else, but yes. it goes up to when you're 30 and then boom, stops and it dies and, and yeah. we die. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. that kind of helps, but the peptides are amazing. Yeah. They're yeah, really starting sure. to come out. Yeah. And to your point, right around age 30 for, you know, even testosterone, you know, each year, year over year at the age 30, you know, they drop about 2% each year. Mm-hmm. And these peptides really, you know, there, there's certain peptides. There's some for skin, mm-hmm. hair, immunity, uh, growth hormone, the mm-hmm. one, the ones you're probably mentioning, the two that are the most popular for releasing growth hormone is CJC 1295 and Right. And those two alone uh, synergistically work very well. And these, most of them are used sub Q or you can do intermuscular, but uh, right. they're, they're, they're really amazing. And it's not uh, something that's, uh, uh, that is foreign to the body. So your body's not going to reject it. It's right. something that your body's uh, used to basically mm-hmm. because it's endogenous, uh, the branch chains and they're found within all of our cells. So yeah, it's, it's pretty, it's, it's pretty remarkable. So that's really cool uh, that you actually discovered those and actually it's starting to help heal your shoulder or I should say it's like, is it taking the pain away a little bit uh, or in, in both it's okay. range of motion, but my, it, the pain, uh, you know, it's just incredible. If right. you've ever had a torn rotator cuff and it's, it, it's, literally it's taking stupid, most yeah. of the pain away. And I, I am just thrilled. I got to tell you, I'm, I'm happy I'm for happy you. It's all heck. I feel like, wow, <laughs> I just, I just hit the mother. Like, so, yeah. so um, we're going to get into what you're doing um, right now in a minute. Cause I know that you have a whole thing on that, but let's back up a little bit. And you met Nitro when you were in the NFL. And I also know that you lived with him for a while. So yeah. how was it living with Nitro? <laughs> we, <laughs> I was living with Nitro. It, it, there was never a dull moment. I bet. It was, uh, you know, we were young and dumb and geez, we were 20. I think I was, we were both, I think I was 27 when I met Dan, 26, 27. And boy, did we have some fun. You know, we both got done playing. I made enough money off my injury to basically uh, take care of all of us and live in an apartment and, and going out every You guys were partying and and chasing tail. And I bet you guys were just like, yeah, we had a, we had a pretty good darn time and uh, no regrets there. It it, it was, uh, you know, I was a country boy from Montana moving to the big city in California and and it was just, uh, it was pretty darn special. Uh, some really good memories with uh, Dan. Now, he actually auditioned for the show first. Am I correct? Or did you guys, yeah. how did, yeah. did he it, tell you about it? Or did it come kind of well, come about? And you can talk to Dan and get his version. <laughs> my my Wait, version's a little. Dan and, always and has a different version than everyone. That's right. <laughs> my memory recall is much different than Dan's. And here's how I remember it. Okay, and, here we go. And he may dispute this, but we'll, we'll go with this one. We were still living together. We were still roommates. And we were both doing commercial work, um, going out on commercial auditions. And we both had the same agent. My understanding, and I, what I recall it is, the agent had called Dan to tell him about this new American Gladiators tryout. He w- The agent was supposed to tell the agent did tell Dan to tell me because we both had the same agent. My, <laughs> I remember this. Dan never told me about the tryout. 
And so Dan goes to the tryout and he gets casted for the American Gladiators. And I was very upset because I asked Dan, I said, hey, I heard you went out for some tryout for this Gladiator show. And lo and behold, well, it was fortunate and unfortunate. Uh, they casted everyone for the first uh, half season. And that was Malibu. And then Malibu, who in my mind, just in my opinion, is they they got rid of Malibu because he, he and I'll keep my mouth shut. No, go wanna, ahead. Why did they get rid of Malibu? My understanding was he wasn't very physically tough. He wasn't a tough guy, you know, and uh, great athlete, but he just wasn't mentally and physically tough. Right. And so they stopped the production. They did 13 episodes. And then in January, they try, had another tryout. Now, now, let me back up there because before before I tried out, I had actually gone through the year testing to be an LAPD officer, and I was uh, selected for the January 1990 Academy to be on the police force, and I was ready to go uh, go through the academy. Um, and that same week, my agent called and said, "Hey, they 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 want to." have you trial for the gladiators and I did and I got casted as one of the gladiators and I had to make a decision do I want to do LAPD or do I want to be an athlete wow. and I it took me about four seconds to yeah, come up with exactly. that decision I said, nah I think I want to be an athlete and it had nothing to do about being on tv it was all about showing my athletic ability because you know obviously I got cut in the NFL because my injury took me three years to heal up from that from 87 to 1990. So it just was just a blessing in disguise uh, uh, that I was in the right place at the right time. And uh, obviously was on the show for the next seven years. Isn't it amazing how in life, like, boom, a split second, it's like the sliding doors. Yeah. You know, it's like you choose this, you choose. Can you imagine if you would have chosen actually to go with the LAPD, how your whole life your entire life would have been completely different. Everything would have been different. And yeah. it just like you said, four seconds, that split decision. Yeah. You know? let me, you, you, you've hit the nail on the head there, Lori. Let, let me let me share with you in the audience something that exactly that. When I was a senior in, in my senior year in, in college, uh, obviously I missed those four games because of an ankle injury. And I went in on the fourth quarter of the fourth game that I had missed. And everyone kept saying, Jim, even the coaches said, Jim, just do not go in because you can gray shirt. If you miss four games in the beginning of a season, you can gray shirt and you'll have another year of eligibility and you can play another year. And, you know, hindsight's 2020, right? Yeah. And all I cared about was playing. Yeah. Now listen to this story. So I go in, I, I ruin my gray shirt season. We go one in 10, terrible season, don't get drafted. The next year at Montana State University in 1984, those guys all went to the national championship and won the Big Sky Conference League and they won the national championship. And all my roommates were juniors. Mm -hmm. They all got the big rings and all got inducted in the Hall of Fame. And it's just that moment split decision of two different pathways in life that you, yeah. your, your, your life could go. 
And I look at that and say, gosh, just think if I would not have gone in that fourth quarter, I would have been on that national championship team. But then again, would I've ever been on the gladiators? No. Who knows? Would I've ever met my wife today? No. See? So everything. all these different and the kids that I had and you know, all these things. So you just never know what is going to transpire through those different decisions, right? And yeah. different tap stance circumstances, right? Oh, 100%. I mean, I yeah. believe in that. I mean, there's a movie out and it's actually called Sliding Doors. And it's just, oh, yeah. It, yeah. I love that because it's like, boom, all of a sudden something happens. It's just like yeah. so crazy. You For know? sure. But that's, that's so cool. I mean, it's so funny too. I can't... I believe, I believe your story as far as him not telling you anything. <laughs> well, and Dan, Dan says he doesn't recall that at all. But that's, yeah, right. And it kinda, <laughs> I, it, we kind of went downhill after that. I, um, it, it just, there was that content. I don't know what happened. We I just know, uh, I became know. bad roommates and then I ended up moving out and that was it. So, but we're still good friends. I today. was just going to say, but you know, you were on the show together, you traveled together. Yeah. I mean, everything like that. So yeah, good teammates, and yeah, yeah. so it was good. So All let's good. get into the gladiators just for a moment here, and then uh, I want to talk to you about what's out there right now that you're doing. Yeah. So sure. all right. So when you were actually on the gladiators, when you go back and watch yourself, what is it that you do? Do you ever go back and watch yourself on the show? Just once well, in a while, like okay. Of course. Tell me what. <laughs> you, <laughs> when you watch yourself, what are you thinking? What do you see? Well, you know, it. Time flies by so quickly, especially as you get older. I'm 61 years old now. Uh. And I was 28 when I landed the show, 35 when it finally ended, right? Mm -hmm. So I was on there for seven years. And, you know, every once in a while, you pull up YouTube or whatever and watch a few, you know, a few shows. And the one thing that gets to me is like, First of all, I didn't realize I was that big and ripped. You know, I'm only 195 pounds then when I Dude, did the you show. Were I was big. 235. Were... And then the last year, I, I was probably the best shape of the seven seasons was my last year. I was about 222, shredded, 5% body fat. But, you know, I, I look at how competitive I was. Like, just I wanted to rip your head off. And oh, just, my God. Yes. You know, and I had that. You know, when the whistle blew, and I was like that in football, mm -hmm. when, when when I went out, it was almost, I would watch game film, and I could not even, even watching the game film, I'd be like, I did that? That that's that was me? I was <laughs> such in a zone. Yeah. I almost blank out where you, you, it, you, you, you black out. That's your competitive you nature, recall. though. Yeah. And I couldn't recall what I did or how I did that. And. And I, you know, when I watch the show today, I, I, I still, I watch that and think, dang, I did all that. Well, you know, what's funny cool. about you too. Yes. You were, you were going out and ripping people's heads off, but yet the minute it stopped, you'd come back in, you're all smiling yeah. and high-fiving. Yeah. It was just like yeah, a just, whole nother person, you yeah, know, shake the, you know, shake the contender's hands and oh, make absolutely. sure they're okay. And, <laughs> after you, know, you rip and their just, head off. <laughs> yeah. After I rip their head off, are you Okay. But it's just who I was, you know, I, I, you know, I don't know where that came from. I think, you know, you're born with a, a part of who you are. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think my dad was one hell of an athlete. Uh, he went to Washington state, was a great boxer and football guy. And, you know, he had a temper and, and, you know, I just 
grow up in Montana, being around tough guys and working hard and, and uh, trying to prove yourself all the time. I just think it, you know, it was part of where I grew up. It's just who you are. Yeah. It's who you are. Now, yeah. was there any drama backstage with the guys? Because there was with girls, just to let you know. I yeah. mean, we had our competitive <laughs> <bet> moments. <laughs> yeah, I, I bet mean, you did. You know, uh, <laughs> you know, all the guys, we we were really good teammates. We, you know, we were still competing to be the best of the best. Yeah. And you're still competing with your, you know, your fellow teammates. But I, I cannot ever, ever recall even on the show or during the six month gladiator tour that we did, we ever had a disagreement. That bullshit. We, I'm going to call I, bullshit on you. No, I'm, I'm, you guys I'm have you disagreements because you're always like, it's a fucking nitro show. God damn it. <laughs> even Steve well, said maybe, that. <laughs> maybe that it was, we did disagree a lot on, uh, maybe not in front of the gladiators. Right. Yeah. We certainly bitched about nitro. We, we certainly did about that because it was the nitro show. See? <laughs> Right? Exactly. Oh, but well. I mean, it's no, we laugh about it. He laughs about it. I mean, it's oh, sure. all in good fun, but it's, it is, it's like when we were on the show and it, for some reason he was always out in front kind of like, and he made himself out in front. Oh yeah, he did. And, uh, but with the girls, I mean, we all had that a type personality and we were all super, we were competitive basically in the, um, outside of the show outside yeah. of the show meaning like personal appearances or i'd see um ray on like auditions and she would right. come sit behind me or side me and try to psych me out and after i realized she was playing mental games with me i was like uh-uh uh-uh i can't talk right. to you right now yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. well you you can recall this Lori. i mean when when we were doing the show you know samuel golden never helped promote us they never really never. got us additional autograph signing uh um uh what do you call them autograph signing uh the appearances, things like that right. we did it ourselves we we either busted our fanny trying to get our own our own uh, uh jobs out there with different companies and we would i mean a lot of us were upset with other gladiators or you know we would feel like why did they get to do that and we didn't right or why were they in that photo shoot and we were left out or yeah and there was a lot of competition i think amongst guys and gals i mean because we you'd see one gladiator let's say it was you ice and maybe it was uh nitro mm -hmm. and you two were doing a um a cover of a magazine but then myself and tower and maybe zap were left out and you'd be kind of you, your feelings would be hurt and you'd get pissed okay well speaking so, of which why didn't you go to the international show i don't know i do not there you know have it there's one right there i i'm really upset i have no idea being on the show for seven years longer than any other gladiator did more episodes i really i don't know Lori. i don't they never asked me to go over there and that was two years i think they did yeah that. we went two years in a row yeah never asked me See, that blows my mind. I mean, that's that's where I believe that some of the bullshit politics was behind the scenes. You yeah. know what I mean? It's kind of like, how did they choose certain gladiators to do certain things? I mean, it's, if it was po if it was based on popularity, there's no doubt you would have been right there. I mean, that's why yeah. I'm just like, it wasn't because you weren't popular. Yeah, I mean, I, were they afraid that you'd rip the heads off of the international guys? I don't know. That's what's... <laughs> 
you know, and you really didn't have a voice, right? You, no, you we had no voice. Call. You didn't know who to get on a call with to just say, hey, can you just explain this to me? You know, it was before social media, really, Laurie. We didn't have really cell phones. You mm-hmm. had pagers. You, you just couldn't. We're, our, we're archaic. Yeah, it was pretty archaic. And so we, you, you just kind of lived in your world and, and that was it, you know? Yeah, you're right. And when we did go ask questions, they were they were extremely political about it, meaning they were like giving you the answer of, well, this is just what I was told to do. Yeah. You know, they yeah. they never had the the real answer, you know, That's right. um, and yeah. that was kind of sad, too, because you're right. We didn't. And then remember, Brian came in. And he was yeah. like, I'm going to be the voice for the gladiators. And we we're like, <laughs> yeah, sure you are. <laughs> yeah, sure you are. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but yeah, it's kind of sad. We didn't have any kind of voice like that when it came to, you know, what's going on. I mean, um, as you know, I've been doing some podcasts, a lot yeah. of podcasts with different ones. And there's a lot of stories that I was kind of shocked about hearing. And, you know, I was just like, wow. And I'll share those later. But obviously, I want to wait until they come out. But yeah, there's a lot of things that happen behind the scenes, not just with me, but with other gladiators. Like, for instance, okay, let's go with when we actually did hold out. I know that you were upset because you were like, I wasn't invited to hold out for more money for the merchandising. Right. Do you actually think in your mind and in your heart of hearts that if all the gladiators would have stuck together and held out for more money, or I should say even just a little bit of money of the merchandising, mm-hmm. we would have gotten it. Yeah, I truly do, Lori. I, and I, and part of hearts, I mean, I, 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 I have, I felt this the, since the day it's happened. And I still believe that today that, and little did we know it, it's not like we're some experts in negotiations, right? We're, th- we're all 30 years old, 25 years old. And I truly believe that I think if yourself, I think there was Gemini, Nitro, uh, Zap, um, and I don't recall who else, uh, maybe there was four of you, but if you would have had a few of us other ones involved um, to say, listen, I, I truly believe that they wouldn't have been able to pull off trying to find alternate gladiators to fill those positions. I, I, I truly believe that if we would have held together collectively, we, we, we could have fared out much better because we, as we all know, we did, we didn't have merchandising rights. Well, I was just going to say, American, I was on American gladiator vitamin line. They never asked me to be on it. They put my picture all over it. Mm-hmm. We were on costumes, bubble gum. We were on um, lunch pails. They had Nintendo. Nothing. We didn't get, <clears throat> we got zero. 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 So for the audience, what we're talking about is there was a few gladiators that held out for merchandising rights. We just wanted a small piece of it. And like Jim saying is, unfortunately, there was only like, what, four, maybe four of us at the very end of the day. I I think you, Nitro, Gemini and Zap, right? Okay. So here's, here's the deal, to be honest with you. And I'm not quite sure why or what happened, but of course, now, back to Nitro. <laughs> Nitro yeah. and Jim and I actually were the ones that put it together. And yeah. I told them, I said, we need the entire team. And they were like, no, I think we can hang. We, we're going to be good with like the top five. And I could have swore that everybody, everybody should have been involved. But yeah. you're right. If the entire team would have stuck together and just said, hey, this is what we want, they would have, they couldn't have replaced the entire team that year. No. There's no way. And, you know, and when you did it, it was right... 
it was it was couple i think and you recall better than i do it was it was just weeks before even a week before we started to film so you know there's a lot at stake they have to line up the crew and the production crew and in the studio yeah I, I think if we would have held out with all of us yeah you know and we weren't demanding much we just wanted a little something yeah. just give right? us a, a little tiny tiny piece yeah, yeah they were like kind of it, fuck you get away yeah they fired right. us and, you know, and if, if this show would have happened today those kind of contracts don't exist. They, they, you would get some sort of merchandising right. rights, some royalty, uh, at least, uh, you know, that is set up with merchandising and things like that. But you know what? It is what it is. So I know. We, we can't change the past. Nope. Even though we can complain about it, you know, <laughs> it, it is, it is what it is. Right. So tell me this, did you have a most embarrassing moment when you were either on the tour or on the show? Well, let me tell you, they, well, sort of embarrassing. Like, okay. So Steve and I, we went over to Tokyo and we did the, the two gladiators from the U.S. went over to Tokyo because they had their own versions, their own version of gladiators, not American gladiators, but gladiators. Right. So Steve and I go over to Japan, over in Tokyo, and the sushi's not very good there, just so you know. Wow, so that's surprising. To, very surprising. So we were over there for five days, filming every day. The first day, we get up. There's not much for us to eat. So Steve and I order breakfast, lunch, and dinner in the morning when we go have breakfast. And so we have them cook us uh, the Wagyu, and we both have 30 Wagyu's a piece and they're cooking these Wagyu steaks up. Well, we, we don't know anything about yen versus dollars, right? Mm -hmm. We don't know how to convert yen. Right. So think of it. We're there for five days. We are in 60 steaks at a time. 60 oh times God. five is 300 steaks. Wow. Do you know what that bill came to? I don't even want to know. And we had no idea. Well, we get back to the States. Guess who calls us? Brian. Brian says, listen, you took advantage of the Japanese production company. You owe 15, I think it was like $20,000. Oh You're my like, God, no way. Yeah. And, you know, each one of those steaks is like in the US is like $150 a piece. Oh my God. So they thought we were taking advantage of. So what they did, the gladiators here in the US, they actually, and they fired, I don't even know if you guys know this. They fired Steve and I from the show and to not to go out on any appearances. We were banned from the show for six months. And it wasn't embarrassing, but it was definitely one of those eye opening, moments, right? Yeah. Wow. So, no, I knew that. I never knew that. Yeah. We kind of kept it secret because we were embarrassed, but we didn't do it on purpose. We no, you had no idea. Yeah, you had so that, no that idea. It. So, yeah. Unbelievable. So tell me about the coolest celebrity slash athlete that you met while we we're in the height of gladiators. Yeah, probably uh, one that comes to mind is Kevin Costner. Uh, Kevin Costner, he actually showed up to our studio watching us, I think at least three or four times. Uh, he was filming something and we were at, I think we were at MGM back then, mm -hmm. um, Mary Tyler Moore Studios, and he was filming something in another studio, but he would come by 
And I just remember shaking his hand and talking to him. Great guy. And this was in the beginning of his career. This was like 1991, 92. So uh, that was pretty cool. That is uh, very cool. And am I not mistaken? You actually was at his wedding. (laughs) Remember I told you that and you're like, no way. Yeah. Is that true? Yes, that's very true. As a matter of fact, it's when um, I owned my tanning salon and his girlfriend at the time was coming into the tanning salon and uh, super cool. We started playing racquetball together and she'd talk about my boyfriend, my boyfriend, my boyfriend. And finally one day I just went, who the fuck is your boyfriend? <laughs> you know? And she goes, oh, Kevin Costner. Like it's no big deal. Right. Oh, Kevin Costner. I yeah. was like, what? You know? And, mm-hmm. um, so used to go up to the house a little bit, hang out, uh, became friends. She invited me to their wedding in Aspen. It was a three day wedding. Uh-huh. I mean, wow. it was like, you know, they had uh, Bon Jovi was there. Um, I, there was a list of celebrities, but obviously, you know, I yeah. didn't like hang and out with them. Cool. But cool. it was very cool. And Kevin, Kevin is just the coolest guy. I mean, he is just so laid back, just so down to earth. You know, um, his wife, Christine, I mean, she's awesome. And, you know, we've lost contact over the years, of course. Um, but yeah, super cool family. Yeah. That was a lot of very fun. Cool. Yeah. So tell me cool. the next place, like, uh, what's the coolest place you got to go? Coolest place. I mean, during the gladiator show. Yeah. Yeah. Um, coolest place. Well, we, we went... did a helicopter. We did a, a personal appearance. I don't know if you were on this one. We went to Niagara Falls and we did a personal appearance there. And they, and I know Zap was there and we took a, they put us in a helicopter and we got to fly over right over Niagara Falls. We, we hovered over Niagara Falls that was that was pretty like death defying. Pretty, I, I was actually frightened that we were gonna crash. Really? But no, I wasn't it, there. That sounds amazing, though. Yeah, that was a cool. Pull. We had a ton of people that were there. We were right there at Niagara Falls, and they took us up in the helicopter. It was pretty. That was a that was a cool day. I still remember that. That was pretty neat. I can't imagine you being kind of fearful in a helicopter. Everything yeah. you've done and who and you are. Fearful. Yeah, I've done a couple of nutty things, but that was that, that was I was actually a little fearful. Yeah, what? I love helicopters. I yeah. love them. I every time I go into Hawaii, Maui, I want to take a helicopter. And the last time I was there, um, I went with um, my girlfriend. I talked her into going on the helicopter. She took a Dramamine. She was so freaked out about it. And yeah. the whole day was wasted because she couldn't function off the Dramamine. <laughs> but anyway, so now if you were to pick television show, tour, the live show, give me some of the like the love hate kind of things. Let's start with a t- television show. Is there like a love hate, like one thing that you would pick out from the television show? Yeah, I think, well, geez, the, the, the hate would be you know, doing two, two, and sometimes, Laura, there were three shows back to back, you know, they, they always did two shows a day. It was, the filming was different each year. We'd go three days on, one day off, four days on, two days off, and we would do 26 to 29 episodes in the three-week season. And it, it just really tore you up as a gladiator, because if you got hurt or injured the first day of filming, you knew that you weren't going to get paid for they didn't pay you for a contract. They paid you per seat, how many shows you were on. Mm -hmm. And if you got injured, you're injured. And you, you had to, you had to step up where the contenders, 
if they advanced on, they wouldn't compete again for another three or four days down the road. Did you, you ever, know, just, did you ever get deal. injured to where you had to keep competing? And what'd you do to actually, I mean, cause I got injured with my shoulder and I tell the story of, I had to take Vicodin and there was yeah. like times that I'd go out and I was swinging on the rings higher than a kite oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, because yeah. it was, my shoulder was absolutely killing me and it was nerve damage. Yeah. But you it's know, just, it's just unfortunate that you, we as athletes, what we put our bodies through, you know, and I still remember all of us being on Vicodin and there was another drug that was very popular at the time, which was a nasal spray, which is uh state Stayed all very highly addictive. That new bane I heard. Yeah. And it's just, you know, the things that we did just to get through it as an athlete, because you knew you waited all year to do this. You had three weeks to film. You trained all year. You look good. You're in shape. And you know, you're going to feed yourself and your family on what you're doing for three weeks and do or die. You're, you're going to do it, man. I mean, I, there were so many years seasons every year I'd get hurt or other gladiators get hurt and you're, you're still out there competing just because you know you have to plus it's in you I mean you that's just to. the yeah. animal part of who we are as athletes <laughs> you just no one's going to put you down unless you you're so injured you can't get out there right I mean yeah. there's a big difference between pain and injury you know you you can play with pain injury is a different subject so tell me what you loved about it I just, I love the competition and I love the, uh, the camaraderie with your teammates. Um, I love the competition to prove that you're damn good at what you did. I didn't really care, Lori, truth, truthfully. I didn't care whether I was on TV. The other things, signing autographs outside of doing the show, great, really cool. Yeah. But it's really about competing. I um, hear you. Because when you're an athlete and you're competing at the highest level and you can showcase your skill set, man, that's a great feeling. You told me one time about the Orlando Live, what you did not like about it. Do you remember what you told me? No, remind me. You told me the one thing you didn't like about the Orlando oh, show. I do. Okay. I do. Yeah, the Orlando Live show, which was, uh, it, it was popular, pretty cool show. Mm-hmm. But you're competing against the same athletes night after night, night after night. And let me tell you, if, if I get to know, and as you know, Lori, on our television show, we never fraternized and nor did they want us to fraternize with the contenders because- Unless you were sleeping hey, with them. This is me only. I, don't, I can't speak for anybody else, but if I get to know you and you become my buddy, and my friend, I'm telling you, I'm not, I don't want to rip your head off. It's just something innately humanistic uh, part of who we are that I'm just not going to be that rough and tumble guy if I get to know you. And I think, hey, you're, you're, you're a cool dude. Yeah. So that was very difficult to go up against the same individuals night after night, night after night. And it's like, oh my God, really? Yeah. Because, and it was boring. Yeah. You know, and, and, I did the show for a while. Another injury. I, all I do is get injured. I, <laughs> I, I, I was out with Tank one night. We were all partying. And uh, I had cowboy boots on. And he was in a parking lot. He was on the first floor. I drove in in my car and got out. And I saw him down on the first level. And he goes, just jump over the parking lot. 
So I jumped over from the second story to the first story and my boot hit the side of the curb and my ankle, I just, it it exploded. And that was the end of my career. I I went home to California from Florida because that's where we filmed it. I'm kissing me, Florida. And that was the end of my career. I, I was I never returned. That was I was done. I we was, were we were done with it. We were done with the show anyway. After I was that, done I mean, I was, I was so damn over. I was over it. The live yeah. show was like the last hoorah, you yeah, know. That was it. And they're like trying to drain everything out of there, you know. Yeah. Tell me your yeah. thoughts about the tour. How much fun did you have? And oh my god, we were like rock stars, man. That that was. Uh, gosh, I wish we could do it again. That was just such a cool vibe and what would you do over what would you read would you do anything differently if you had to do it all over again no yeah everything was perfect it was just the the audience at different different city every night we went to madison square garden we were in the superdome we were in oh my gosh It, it, it was it was we felt like we were rock stars all the guys and the girl gladiators and uh, uh, I think our uh, manager was, we were all on the same tour bus. I, we were packing in twelve to 15,000 fans. Uh, we were just, man, what what a, wow. Yeah, what a rush. Great stories, man. Yeah. Uh, and stories that we do not want to dive into nor tell because uh, <laughs> might get ourselves in trouble. You know, it's really sad about that too, because it's like, there are so many stories on that tour uh, and you're right. I would say 85% of us will take it to the grave, you know? And, <laughs> hey, and good thing, Lori, it was before cell phones and video cameras. Oh, dude, can you imagine? If we, had, if we had that back then, I think we would all be, I think, in jail, arrested, or have 15 different kids around the country. I don't 100%, know. 100%, 100%. We, it was, uh, it was uh, the things that we even did, like just the guys and the girls on the on the bus party and after each show and get it was just crazy right yeah it was i think i saw your ass one too many times jim (laughs) it was fun it was some good a little stripping along the way what happens with you guys i tell that story i'm like laughing i'm like the minute the gladiator guys get alcohol in their system they start doing the strip tease (laughs) i know well i the one, the one person I remember distinctly was Diamond. Because, <laughs> oh, yeah. you know, she's uh, pretty heavy chested and <laughs> it was just, uh, that, that was fun. It that was, was fun. fun. We had a blast. That was an amazing, yeah. it was, that's what I'm, I mean, that's the whole thing about this podcast. It's like, we get to tell the stories that. I mean, I know the documentary is coming out, but there's no way they're going to be able to capture the stories that we actually have about the tour, about the live show, you know, everything like that. It's just unbelievable. We had so many things to to do. So, I mean, it's do you have any like, would you do anything differently at all in your life if you knew how this was all going to end? Boy, that's a great question, Lori. Um, <laughs> I had to know, get I, one of those I, into I do, you. I do regret. I mean, I, you know, as an athlete, that's what you do, right? But my, the, um, the amount of injuries 
that I sustained over those years, and I still am going through it. You know, it's it's been really difficult. Even though I still go to the gym every day, I still watch what I eat. I'm in the nutrition space, so it's important for me to feel good, look good, live a healthy lifestyle. But you know, I feel like an old man, man. I mean, there's a, a tough stuff. My back, my shoulders, uh, a lot of things that you know. I wake up and people look at you and they think, "Ah, oh, you're a healthy guy," but they don't see when you close the door and you're by yourself and you're with your wife and that's all she hears is you bitching and complaining how hurt you are and you can't move and you, it takes you 20 minutes to just kind of straighten up your back when you get up in the morning. So, you know, it's, <laughs> no, I hear you on that one. Yeah, I have shit, to like, it's, a, Jim, it's a tough deal, you know, I, but I have to you know, reach that's something over. I, regret. I, I, I just wish I didn't have all those injuries. You know, I, yeah, I'm pretty beat up right now. So. Yeah, when I get out of bed in the morning, I literally have to reach over, pull myself <laughs> over, roll over, yeah. and I hear you. It's it's the injuries, and and that's really what it comes down to. Is, I mean, we put our bodies through so much, and yeah. it was like you know hitting and tackling, and I mean it's just unbelievable stuff. That you're right. Today we're all dealing with it. You yeah, know? And, all of us are. Yeah. But then again, it's kind of like. Would you redo it? Would you do it differently? Nah. Yeah. You wouldn't. Yeah. You're still going to be the animal out there that's that's just insane, <laughs> ripping people's heads off. I love it. So tell yeah. me what happened after Gladiators was over. I mean, did you, yeah. when it ended, did you kind of go through like a weird period of adjustment, identity? I mean, think about it. You've been, you were laser for eight to nine years solid. And that's yeah. how people looked at you. And that's how, you know, they, they addressed you, I'm sure, just like they do me. I was like, ice, no, it's laser. So, I mean, yeah. did you go through kind of an adjustment into everyday normal life? Yeah, good question again. Um, yeah, I think in life, everybody goes through adjustments, right? You, you have a career and all of a sudden it ends. Uh, you get fired, they let go, they have cutbacks in companies and and you have to start a new path in life, right? And, and uh that's what's unique about some individuals. They have that entrepreneurial spirit and that go forward attitude. And absolutely, I went through that period of who am I? What am I doing? You know, I, I went through it with uh, football and in my career. And I'm like, what am I going to do now? Right. Trying to change that pathway. Um, and then the gladiators end, and you're thinking, oh, my gosh, now what? I'm out of a job. I mean, even though I had a college degree, it's like, really, that's what I want to do now after, you know, I was 35 years old, never hold a, held a corporate job. So yeah, it was, it was, it was very frightening. Um, so to answer your question, what I did is, you know, during, during the gladiators, I, I was a personal trainer in the off season, um, did fairly well, did all that. I was a spokesperson for a couple of companies, metrics, another multi-level company, multi-level marketing company called Aola did really well in there and had a lot of uh, background in writing articles for nutrition and dietary supplements. And, and lo and behold, uh, as I was a, a fitness trainer, I, I trained most of my clients out of my house. A client of mine said, Hey, I, I, I know this guy named uh, Neil Spruce and I overheard him talking about his company and he was looking for someone else to hire running a subdivision called Ergogen Labs. Uh, you should call him. I said, well, I know Neil. I don't know him personally, but I know who he is. And uh, so Neil was running nutrition analysis at Gold's Gym. And then he left and he started a company called Apex Fitness. 
So he, I said, well, give me his phone number. Maybe I'll call him. So at the time, I, I, I held on to that phone number for a month, and it just ate at me every day. Like, should I call him? Should I call him? And I finally had the nerve. I just said I was kind of getting tired of training mm -hmm. um, and relying on people to show up to pay my bills. Right. And it, it was very tough. And so I called him in the evening on a Sunday, told him who I was. He knew who I was. He said, hey, will you fax me? Fax. Will you fax <laughs> over your resume? I faxed over my resume. You're like, he what resume? Yeah. He called me back later that night and says, you're hired. I said, what? He wow. goes, come in Monday morning, meet our CFO, sign the paperwork. I'll tell you exactly what you're going to do. You're perfect for the job. So I went in Monday, signed a contract, my first corporately job, eight-hour day. I've never worked an eight-hour day except for construction when I was younger. And what I did is I, I, I started running this company called a subdivision called Ergogen Labs. Now, Apex Fitness became the private label brand, nutrition private label brand for 24 hour fitness because they bought apex so i went from running ergogen labs turned that company over to a multi-million dollar company by doing a one-man road show going out and talking uh to all the trainers at 24 hour about the products doing educational seminars i went we went from zero to about three million the first year by just doing what i did and became pretty successful within the company and i ended up just moving up the company ladder and became the VP of product development for Apex uh, and 24 Hour Fitness for 11 years. And then uh, Apex uh, dissolved and uh, Neil opened another company called Dot Fit and was with them for a few years and then started my own company, Sports Nutrition Consulting Group. Went and did that, uh, developing products for companies. And then uh, Lifetime Fitness uh, hired me. Um, went with them for a few years and and then just two years ago, I was kind of semi-retired um, and a very good buddy of mine who's a master trainer in California, Mike Pincus, he had, uh, he and I were very good friends and always went mountain biking. We always reminisced about working together at some point, doing something, you know, mm -hmm. how guys think and you daydream. And oh, yeah. So he had called me about a year and a half ago. He says, listen, I'm under NDA. I can't really discuss what I'm doing, but I want to bring you on board. I don't know in what capacity or what you're going to do, but I know I'm going to, I know I'm going to bring you on board. So lo and behold, shortly after that, he was able to tell me what he was doing. Um, and I, I was like, I was just blown away because everyone that's in that field of nutrition and supplementation and food have, have all vision by taking a, a scan of your food with your own phone and having it come back in seconds telling you exactly what you're going what's on your plate in terms of calories protein every nutrition so all the macros market, everything everything i mean that's and that I is a game changer because that's a game changer remember i mean i know that when i was personal training people and it came down to the nutrition it was like okay you're supposed to eat this this and this well how right. much am i supposed to eat well you know it's <laughs> the rule of thumb just if it can fit in the palm of your hand then yeah. that's the portion size right. so i mean we never knew as far as portions we didn't know what the macro we were all guessing. Yeah. Well, the 24 hour recall, all these dietitians have people do, you do that for a week or two and, and it, it dissolves within a matter of uh, days, if not hours, right after doing it. So, uh, so now this company launched and what's the name of the, what's the name yeah, of this app? So 
This is really exciting. So I've been with the company a year and a half. I'm the name of the company is Opsis Health, mm -hmm. but our application is called Plateful, P-L-A-T-E-F-U-L. And uh, Plateful's, uh, we've been in stealth mode for about four and a half years. What's interesting about this story is the founder is, his name's Kevin Grunde. Kevin uh, is a hardware designer and he was Steve Jobs' lead hardware designer for Next Computer uh, for about eight years in the late 80s. And he's a electrical engineer by trade. His daughter had Crohn's disease and he knew that his daughter, uh, his daughter's symptoms were coming from food. So what he did, he stripped every nutrient out of her body and slowly introduced them and realized that yes, all her symptoms were cause of food causation. Mm -hmm. So he thought to himself, listen, if Google Maps can get you 10 feet within your destination, why can't we use our own cell phone, scan a plate of food, have it segmented, give you the volume, which no one has ever been mm -hmm. able to figure out until now. And that's exactly what Kevin did. So four and a half years later, 43 patents, He's had five major breakthroughs, five tech teams, some of the best data, AI, machine learning people in the entire world working on our team. We got, uh, we got six uh, RDs, we got, 11, uh, we got 11 PhDs on staff, three MDs. We got 30 people outside of our company worldwide working on this. I'm happy to announce that we just launched and there's two phases to our application. It's Plateful 1.0 and Plateful 2.0. Plateful 1.0 just went in the app stores today under Google Play and the app store. And what it is, is you can take your cell phone and you can scan any barcode in your pantry at the grocery store, convenience store, and on the barcode, and this is instantaneously, it'll happen. It'll give you a score between zero and 100, mm -hmm. 100 being the healthiest, on an NV score, it's a nutrition value score. And all of this is based on deep science through Tufts University. Um, and uh, See, it's that's called amazing. Food, compass, food compass score. And it'll give you an EV score, which is a eco value score, which is based on land degradation, water consumption and CO2 emissions uh, climate. Mm -hmm. And people that care about our climate because food is 30% of uh, production waste. So people that care about food and, and processing and, and plantation and all of that are going to care about those two numbers. But it's, it's such a cool thing to be able to scan yeah. any food and know how healthy your food is from zero to a hundred. And you want those foods at least above a 50. And you will find that when you're scanning your foods, you're going to be surprised how detailed and probably under ner, underscore the, the foods that you've been eating are under a 50. Oh, it's I'm frightening sure. to know what's I'm in sure. our food today because the calories dead. We all know that. Yeah. But you can download it. Uh, you can go to plateful.org uh, forward slash download. Um, and you can go right there and people can download the uh, Plateful 1.0 mm -hmm. and start scanning all their foods and uh, go from there. It, it, it's, it's a game changer. And Plateful 2.0 will come out in June. And that's where you're going to take your phone and scan over a plate of food. And that'll give you all the 224 nutrition markers in a matter of seconds. And we give you turn-by-turn -turn directions with, uh, with rings 
And there's five rings. There's fruits, vegetables, whole grains, calcium, and uh, healthy proteins. And if you close those rings, you've met your variety needs, which is a diet quality value score for the day. You're off to the races. That's you, insane. You are, you're now health span and lifespan. You've just increased your health span by about 11 years. And this is all based on published research. So, so check it out. It's pretty cool. Jim, that's so exciting. I'm so happy for you. I mean, yeah, it sounds I'm, like- it, I'm it, happy that, that, that we as a company are able to figure this out for the entire world because we, we know calories are dead, right? Mm -hmm. Everybody goes off calories. But if you look since the 1970s, and it's a trend that keeps going up and up, we as a nation keep getting fatter and fatter year over year, but we've had more memberships pulled out of, of health clubs. We've had more wearables. We've had every diet in the world. If they were all working, how come we're getting fatter as a nation? And in 2030, that's a, that's a whole, that's a whole nother podcast because the oh fact that, I mean, think about the nutritional, um, the nutritional industry, the fitness industry, gazillion dollar business industry. Yeah. Every year there seems to be a new diet, a new, uh, all, I mean, because the they don't work, Lori. Yeah. I mean, they, they don't work. And, you know, when you look at a label on a food label, a food label doesn't give you everything that's in that in that food, right? Mm -hmm. It doesn't give you all the nutrients that are good or bad. So, right. you know, we finally now have cracked the code on being able to display and correctly give information to the end user. And what's great about this application, it's free to oh, the end user better. forever. They'll yeah. never have to pay for a premium version. They'll never will never sell your data. It's free to the end user where we monetize it is we have a dashboard uh, that dietitians, uh, nutritionists, coaches, uh, accountable care organizations can then download through you giving them a code and they can look at your manifest and your dashboard and be able to really help you with maybe you have um, uh, calcium deficiency and bone bone loss or uh, hypertensive and you're you have high sodium but you don't know what to do right so have this dashboard that they would pay ten dollars per user per month to be able to look at their dashboard look at their trends look at their rings their diet quality value and be able to assess each individual on an individual basis so See, it's pretty darn cool. that's amazing i mean yeah. jim you look fucking amazing right now anyway you like i i said this before you are aging like a fine wine. You're getting <laughs> better with age. I got, I got eyelids pulling over my eyes. I don't know. I'm getting pretty dang old. Oh, just know. go have those surgically removed. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do anything. But, I mean, it's like between your training, um, your nutrition, obviously, and just I know from eating right and, and doing everything. I mean, obviously, it's like that's your anti-aging right there. I mean, yeah. you're looking fabulous. And so- oh, Thanks, Lori. You know, as, as anyone listening to this podcast, Lori, food is everything. 80% of all of our morbidities, comorbidities, all caused by, by bad nutrition. We mm -hmm. all know this. You, you, you will be amazed what's in your, when you find out what's in your food and you think food's healthy. Mm -mm. Let me tell you, it's, it's, it's so bad it's it's sort of scary that the FDA allows some of these different processes, these different additives, 
ultra, ultra processed foods that we eat packaged form, worst stuff you can have. If you can go on a, uh, so Opsis Health, we're a data and a behavioral company, mm -hmm. right? That's all we are. We're not a, we're not a diet app. We're not selling you a diet. What you'll realize when you, when you close those five rings that I mentioned, the fruits, vegetables, whole grains, calcium, and protein, and you, you're eating high quality nutrient dense foods. Mm -hmm. And I'll give you an example. Our COO, 71 years old, he was 185 two months ago without even trying because he's been scanning all his food, closing his rings. He's down to 162. He looks fabulous. Yeah. I mean, and he didn't try to lose weight. That's what happens when you get nutrient dense food that has high fiber. Yeah. You're naturally going to lose weight and you're not even trying to lose weight. Our, our food process is, it, it's absolutely terrible. It sucks. I've always known that. Even when I was in bodybuilding and, and dieting, they were like, don't eat anything out of a can, nothing that's, that's right. frozen or packaged. If anything, you want it as natural, as natural, as natural as you could that's possibly right. be. So, and, and listen, Lori, we all know we, we are humans, right? right? So we know that we're going to have our chips. We're going to have uh, Pringles. We're going to have yeah. ice cream. Hey, it's fine. Moderation. It's it it's, it's, it's just resetting. It's, hey, have your chip. If yeah. you want those chips, great, but still eat the variety of foods to fill those rings, fill your diet quality value because diet quality value on variety of foods, yeah. that's where it comes through. And gosh, I wish we would have had this when we were all doing the gladiators. And I, I tell my company that, you know, the way we used to eat and we probably still kind of have that mindset of, it's all protein. We can't have fruits. Yeah. We can't have too many vegetables. Uh, oh boy, we can't have anything that. Uh, it's always it's all changed. Calcium. I know. I know. You, you see all... what I mean? So, it's 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 the wrong setting. And I even talked to Steve Henneberry last week. Tower, I said, "Are you getting many fruits?" He goes, "No fruit, fruit. I don't, boy, you don't want fruits." I said, "Why, <laughs> I Steve? But what's wrong with fruit?" <laughs> so there's the mindset: is is uh, too much fruit because yeah. of you know, the sugar level and right. things like that, you know, fructose it. Yeah. But as long as you have enough need fruit yeah. diet, there's nothing wrong with fruit, right? We need it that we, you need it. So, you know, we, we know as a society, people are going to go off the handle. They're going to eat those things. But if you eat generally as a whole food plant-based diet, you're going to live longer. You're going to mitigate and reverse chronic disease like there's no no tomorrow. So they can find the app and it's called Plateful. Yeah, it's Plateful. Uh, right now, it's kind of under the beta version okay. because we want friends and families to use it. Right. Because we want downloads. Yeah. And then in the next month, because we're, we're going to, we're we've been internally testing it for almost a year now, but we want to make sure by the end user using it, that they can give us feedback. So the cool. best thing to do is just go to plateful.org forward slash download. And then people can find it either if you have an iOS, an Apple phone or an Android phone, you can download it right there. Yeah, um, this will all be in the show notes. So if somebody can see it, they can download it, they can get it. Perfect. Thank and, you. And Thank you for telling have, us all about that. You're going to have so much fun scanning at the grocery store. <laughs> I know, Everyone's right? scanning, scanning, scanning. So it's going to be fun. I know. Jim, thank you so much. Oh my God, we could talk for another two and three hours just about nutrition and training and everything because we've thank gone you. through so much. But um, I'm going to wrap it up today. Thank you. 
Thank you for coming back. <laughs> hey, Laurie, thank you. I, you know, what, one thing's that, thing that a lot of people don't know is that we've maintained our friendship for the last almost uh, 40 years. And Has it been that I, you're long? One of my all, you're one of my all-time favorites. I love you. I think you're you're fantastic. You're like fine wine. You you, you get better <laughs> with as you age, and that's the truth. Steve Hannaberry and I said last week you're hot as hell. So oh that's God. true. And Thank uh, you. we love you. And I I really appreciate what you're doing. I think uh, your podcast is really going to take off. You you asked very you asked some really unique questions and I love it. So uh, I, I wish you all the luck. Thank Corey. you so much. I love it. Thank you so much for listening to Chillin' with Ice. And don't forget to hit that like button, subscribe and share wherever you listen to your podcasts. Remember to follow us on Patreon and YouTube at Chillin' with Ice. And on Instagram and TikTok, you can follow me at lori.ice.fetrick. I look forward to chilling with you next time here on Chilling with Ice. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.